Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. So anyway, as I was hanging out and my aunt was preaching, she preached, the title of her message was, God Calls the Brave. I was a little guy. You notice I'm extremely tall now. Anyway, so as I was hanging out by a little tree, the Lord spoke to my heart. And um, I said, what are you doing here? You belong down there with the people. (laughs) Anyway, that's because, you know, uh, anyway. So the Lord spoke to my heart in my life when I was 10 years old. I left. I went back to New York. I didn't want to go to church anymore. We didn't want to know anything about legalism. Then I went to the Army. While I was in the Army, before I went to the Army, I, I went to enlist with the Marines. So I was going to the Marines, to their office for a while. And one of the, an officer came in and he just started to yell at me. He went nuts. I thought he was nuts. So I looked at him as, you know, like, I'm a civilian. I looked at him like he was crazy, out of his mind. And um, while I was at that office, there was a Marine standing about 50 feet away. So I said, let me go to this guy and find out what I need to do while I'm in the Marines. So this guy was at attention, and he was the perfect soldier. He didn't, he didn't budge. So I said, hey, what do I need to do? He says, keep your eyes open, ears open, mouth shut, do what they tell you to do, and you should be good. And I said, great, praise God. That's all I need to do. So my mission when I went to the United States Army, because after that guy, and I looked at him like he was retarded, they didn't call me back. So I was a civilian. He seen it didn't work anyway. So I went to the to the army in one week. I said I want to go to Germany because I believe that if I went to Germany and I played soccer while I was in high school, I played soccer. So I said if I go to Germany and I train with them, when I come back to the United States, I'll be pro material, without a doubt. I love their style of soccer. Midfielders boom the ball, they rock the goalpost. Power, I like that. I was a midfielder. I played soccer. I liked it. So I went to the Army. When I went to the Army, I did everything I was supposed to do, following orders, because they said, as long as you do what you're told, you'll be okay. It didn't happen. (laughs) That was not working. I got to the place where I said to myself, okay, no matter what you do, it's not good enough. So you have to set that. Just set your mind at that. It's not good enough. Forget about it. Do what you got to do, but it's not good enough. You're not going to measure up. I had to come to that conclusion. So they say to you, they say in boot camp, it's going to be hell. But when you get to your permanent duty station, it's going to be like a nine to five. That's what they said. And I was, I, was, I was not 
I was strange. No, I asked to go to Germany. Nobody does that. Everyone stays in, in the United States. But remember, my goal was to play soccer. Anyway, so they sent me to Germany. When I go to Germany, <clears throat> I went to Kitzigen, and there was an Apache line. You know what Apache line is? You know, Cowboy Westerns? Anybody watch Cowboy Westerns? When, when the Indians are going to clean your clock, and, you, and, and you're a cowboy, they put you right, you, you go right through that Apache line. They just start to lay it on you, right? Okay. So I went to an Apache line in the Army, United States Army in Germany. And they're cussing up a storm, man. I'm, I'm like, what the heck is going on here, man? So I thought I was in the United States Army. You know, America, land of the free, home of the brave. <laughs> they scared the bejesus out of me. Anyway, during the time I'm, I'm in, makeup, in basic training, I'm seeking the Lord. I started to seek the Lord. We did a seven-mile march, 10-mile march, and an 18-mile march. And God started to reveal himself to me. Well, he spoke to me when I was young, right? So anyway, in Romans 1, through creation, God has revealed himself. There's no excuse for anybody. And men on the earth, they could tell you they're a heathen, but they're lying, <laughs> right? Because in their heart, they know there's a, the Bible says, that it is clearly seen that there's a creator by, by what is visibly seen. Every man knows, every man and every woman knows there is a creator. So man is without excuse, and Jesus confirmed that. He says, if I had not come, you'd have a cloak. You'd have an excuse for your sin. But because I have come, you have no excuse. So there's no one on the face of the earth that can say to you or I, there is no God. Because our response will be, well, the fool, dummy, has said there is no God. It's impossible. The first thing a man does when he's in trouble, oh, my God, the first thing they do. doesn't matter what. doesn't matter what's going on. The first thing they do is, oh, my God. Have you noticed that? First thing they do. I shared that with a heathen on a racquetball court in the Bronx. He goes, oh, my God, that's right. And then he changed. Oh, well, I said, oh. <laughs> Listen, that's all we need is that one second, right? That one second where the Spirit of God bears witness, bam, and you're done. Now, now we share the gospel. Anyway, I was in Germany, and I walked through that Apache line, and I saw a Hispanic dude, and I ran to that guy. I said, hey, man, what's going on here? And my chief of section, I ran to a Spanish guy, Afro-American chief of section came up to me, and he says, what the heck are you doing? And I looked at him like, what do you mean, what am I doing? He says, do you think that that guy in a time of war is going to come to your need of help? And I'm a dummy. I'm just in the army. I just got there. I said, well, I hope so. We're in the same United States Army. We're in the American Army, the United States of America. I hope so. Yes, I do. So he said, get out of here. He told me to go into my room. Well, this guy was explaining to me what was going on. So I go into my room, and I asked the guys. It was... I was a cannon crewman. I said, well, what do we do? What's going on here? What are the rules? They said, get up in the morning, do your chores, you go to breakfast. So remember, I heard that guy from the Marines. He says, you do what they say, keep your mouth shut. I said, great. I'm going to get up in the morning, do my chores, I'm going to run to the chow hall. Right? That's what they said. Got up in the morning, I did my chores. Went to eat breakfast. I'm on my way back. Chief of section is coming out. What are you doing? <laughs> what do you mean, what am I doing? I said, I did my chores. I went to have breakfast. Coming back to the... 
get back off to the barracks before I kick off in your posterior. I was like, ooh. Now, I'm not, I'm not quite saved yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I am not saved. I am, I, I am seeking the Lord. So, I, you know, we, we, we believe that with a look we could say a whole lot, right? I mean, that works pretty good. I mean, some of you can scare me with your look over there, like, be quiet, let's get out of here, right? You can. <laughs> That's what God said to Jeremiah. Don't worry about it. Don't look at their faces. You just say what I've instructed you to say, right? So I looked at him like, I wish you would. Give me an excuse. And I had trouble from that moment on. So we had, we had, we had a... When I first signed into the military, you have to go check in. You know, came from the United States, check in. So the medic says to me, I had acne. I was 18 years old. Bad. He says, hey, man, what's wrong with your face? I like, I don't know. So he gave me a sick call slip. He said, here you go, Monday morning, you come to see me. Great. So Monday morning, we're getting ready to go to PT. <laughs> so my chief of section, I said, hey, the doctor gave me a medical, uh, a medical slip to go see him. And he says, <laughs> he took my sick call slip and he tore it up. <laughs> Violated my rights, I didn't know that. Tore that up and he says, to Miss P.T.? Remember, I was not saved yet, okay? I said to him, you think I'm trying to duck P.T.? I said, you can't deal with me in P.T. You can't deal with me in P.T., well, we're not doing good. So that's one thing that happened in PT while we're running. We're doing the three-mile. We're doing a two-mile march. <clears throat> when I'm, there was a lieutenant that always won. And I would say to the guys, you got to be kidding me. This guy's 32 years old. We're 18, 19-year-old guys. I said, how on earth can you let this guy win? So I met a guy in the military. His name was, his name was Castro. Castro was 32 years old. And Castro later on says to me, he says, We're, this is worse than prison. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. He says, I should know. I was in prison. So <clears throat> anyway, we're going to PT. While we're at PT, we're running the, they take a flag. We had flags, and they were timing us. And they took the first sergeant's flag, and they threw it. You know those flags you use in football? Took the flag, threw it, and they said, hey, Private Garcia, go and get the first sergeant's flag, please. So I said, you know, well, let me go get the flag. I had to go back a couple hundred feet, grab his flag, give it to him. Come back. Anyway, I was determined to beat him. So I did. We won. This guy won. I won. We're in the barracks again. They're having a, an inspection, annual general's inspection meeting. And they have all this stuff that i never seen in my life. It's equipment. For, it's winter gear. So when I asked the other sergeant, what is this? And he says to me, can't you read? Stupid. <laughs> so I said, I can read, you idiot. I've never seen any of this stuff before. I don't know what it is. So anyway, that was my, my start to the pursuit of God. So every day, because nothing that I did was working. 
and trying to do the right thing so they would leave me alone. So every day after that, I would go to the woods and pray and seek God. Say, Lord, I need you to help me because I'm going to kill this guy. I mean, that's what I did. I'm going to kill him. I need your help. Because after that, I got in trouble. They gave me a summarized Article 15, and I didn't know what that was. As far as I knew, it was like, they just ruined my, my record. A summarized Article 15 didn't go anywhere, but to me, that was an Article 15. That's a court-martial, and it's, against your, it's in your record, so I'm flipping out. So I started to seek the Lord, right? And I got saved in the Army. So from there, I came back. I came to the United States. I went to a church in Middletown, New York. That's where I went. <laughs> and um, because I didn't know any, I was reading the word. I was just reading the word on my own. You know, I started with that little new covenant, right? And um, <clears throat> then I went to downtown. I had been, I lived in Middletown, New York. I went to Middletown and I said, Lord, I need to find a church. <laughs> There's like about 10 churches downtown. So the dummy that I am, you know, I would go to the buildings, any church there, and i say, okay, Lord, is this it? <laughs> Nobody was there. i just go. See, I was expecting a witness. Crazy, huh? God does stuff like that, doesn't he? Amen. So anyway, so I went to all the churches I knew downtown, <clears throat> and I was like, well, nah, it does, just doesn't feel right. Anyway, one Sunday I come out from the home that I was living in, and someone drives up. They drive up. They jump out of the car and just start preaching the gospel. This guy was going like machine, you know, he was preaching like machine gun bullets. He was like, Wah! I said, whoa. I said, do you know that God just used you to answer my prayer? And he stopped like, whoa. I said, yeah. So we went to church. So <clears throat> we went to church. It was a full gospel church, right? It was a word of faith church. Anyway, so we went to church. And in that in that church was where I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And in that place, I started to, I had been reading, I had been reading the New Testament, and there was a scripture that just, just came alive to me, no? I'll read it. I'll share it with you. So then when I went to this church, and they were filled with the Spirit of God, they were tongue talkers, they believed the whole Word of God was true. Imagine that. <laughs> they said, the Word of God is alive and powerful. That's what they preached. I went to the church. <clears throat> when I went to the a first a Sunday morning service, I was mesmerized by the presence of God, no? They were worshiping the Lord, singing in the spirit. And I sat in a corner chair, and it was like, as if I heard angels. So the word that I was living, the, the word that I was reading, was becoming alive to me. Because I went to a church contrary to the legalistic church I went to in Puerto Rico. A whole bunch of rules. And I was a little kid. Don't do this, don't do that. You couldn't do anything. I went to play softball when I was a little kid. I said, my dad, you need to tell my grandma I could play ball. I could play ball. I could. Before he left, he just left us and took off. I went to play ball. I, I guarded second base wrong. You're supposed to guard second base this way, right? They're coming from first base. So I was like this, little guy. 
Guy steps over me with his cleats, and he cut me. Ripped my jeans. He had cleats, real cleats, you know. He was playing softball. Ripped it. When I went to, to, to Grandma's house, she was like, That was God! You were supposed to be in church! <laughs> I'm not even 10 years old, man. Huh? I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't listen to her. Dad said I could go play softball. I'm going to play. I'm going to play. I'm going to play. I went the next Sunday. Next Sunday, someone took a cleat, and they cut my foot right here. And what happened? I went home to Grandma. That was God. I told you. You better go to church. <laughs> That's it. I, I retired from softball at the age of 10. I was done. So when I go to this church and they're worshiping God and in the spirit, man, it's like, I'm telling you, it's like angels were all over the place. And then in that fellow, in that church, I heard for the first time, I heard this message. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. And, and I got scared. Oh, my God. Come boldly to God? You don't do that. You don't come to God like that. He's God. You come with fear and trembling. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, man, Lord Jesus. And then I started to read stuff like this. John 14, 12, it said, Verily I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. I was reading this. On my own. And then when I went to that church and they were talking about Jesus, the living, breathing Jesus. A guy in Germany had shared John 10, 10 with me. He says, he just, his name was David Furman. David Furman came and shared John 10, 10. He said, do you know, God wants to give you good things. I said, good things. He says, yes, he, say, he came to give you life, and life more abundantly. He said, the thief comes forth to steal, to kill, and destroy. And when he shared that verse with me, I was like, what God are you talking about? You ain't talking about the God that I know. You ain't talking about the God in the Pentecostal church that I went to. You ain't talking about him. So that was a process, right? He sowed the seed. He sowed the seed of the Jesus that I needed to know. That legalism, man-made rules, had chased me away from. That religion was pushing me away from. Right? He introduced me by sharing the seed of God's word, and I started to see these scriptures. As I went to that fellowship, they started to become alive to me. Now, I wanted to be a witness. Right? Something happened. Something started to happen before I went to the church, remember, I was going every day. I was seeking God. I was, I was broken. I was broken because nothing that I did was working. This is what you do. This is what works. None of that was working, so I found myself needing help. The problem is that most people wait to get into that situation instead of realizing I need a Savior today. Because the word salvation, right? The word salvation is... Preservation, deliverance, soundness, safety, and healing. That's what Jesus came to give you and I. He came to give us salvation, but that's what it means in the Greek. 
you know, the way we, the way we understand it most of the time here in America, most people who don't know what, what the Bible, who haven't had an encounter with Jesus, let's put it that way. Because when you have an encounter with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and the life of God is deposited in you because that's what happened, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When I have an encounter with Jesus, he revolutionizes my life. And whatever is not truth is going to ring. It's going to ring not true. It's going to ring false. But then he gives us the, the knowledge of his word that through the knowledge of his word we'll be able to stand, to be firm, to resist every lie, every traditional lie, the traditions of men, right? The ways of men so that we can walk in the light of the truth that has come to set you and I free. I had an encounter with Jesus. My grandma, my people, they thought I was, they thought I was in a cult because I, because I wanted to pray over my food. <laughs> So anyway, I came to this fellowship, and now, now I wanted to be a witness. I, I don't understand why people look at, at evangelism as a call. I don't understand that. I went to Nyack Missionary Alliance. I was so hungry for God, I didn't care where I went. I met this brother. I went to a mission home. <clears throat> He talked to me about Nyack during the time I was going to this Word of Faith church, but I was just hungry for God. I went to that church, and I would share the gospel. Is it okay if I get off of that thing? So I would share the gospel, and people started to me, oh, there's a call of God on your life. I said, what are you talking about? What do you mean there's a call of God on my life? Every believer is supposed to be a witness. And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. I testify. I talk about what happened. I was miserable. I had no hope. You know, my house was broken. Huh? So I had an encounter with the author of life, with the creator of the universe. And he changed my person. So I wanted to tell people, do you know Jesus? Do you know this Jesus that has filled me with life, with joy, with abundance of life. There's another thing I have a problem with. When people talk about prosperity, right? This is my problem. Not with prosperity, because it's of God. How can you, who have an encounter with the Lord Jesus, how can you embrace poverty? How can you do that? How can you do that? How can you do that when the author of life the creator of the universe says, I will come and make my abode with you. I'm going to dwell in you. I'm going to live in you. I'm going to revolutionize you. I'm going to introduce you to the creator of life. In Colossians it says, in, it says that in him was life. No, that's the gospel of John. It said all things were created by him and nothing that was made was made without him. That's talking about Jesus. That's Colossians. All things were made by him and nothing, nothing that was made was made without him. So the author of life, the creator of the universe comes to dwell inside of you and inside of me. And we start talking about poverty. You have to resist everything that deals with poverty. And when you know the author of life, when you have an encounter with Jesus, you have to resist that. It doesn't matter what people say. I, I've been focusing lately on Jesus, what Jesus has said. I have to turn a lot of things off because it's about me and him. I heard something a little while ago. I've heard it a lot. It's not about you. And the last time I heard it, I rebelled. Woo! Like a bad Christian. <laughs> I didn't care. I rebelled against that thing. I said, you know why? It's about me. 
in this sense. It's about me because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish. That's me. That's me. Now, it's not about me when I recognize when I've had an encounter with Jesus. When I've had an encounter with him, now I can understand that it's about him. See that? But to tell me it's not about me? Huh? Are you kidding me? John 3.16. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. I was lost. He came to seek and to save me. He came to give me life, to fill me with joy, to introduce me back to the God from the creation at the beginning. When he created Adam, he said, he create, he, he said let's make man in our image and in our likeness. Glory to God, right? In our image and in our likeness. God created man after his own image and after his likeness. He filled me. With his person. The same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. Shall. Shall quicken my. My mortal body. My mortal. He came for me. Glory to God. So that I could be a witness to you. And what is the greatest thing about witness? Check this out. It doesn't matter what I say to you. The only thing that matters is what's happened in me. This happened in me. You believe it? No? I'm so sorry for you. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. I have to be a witness of what he's done for me. And everybody, the Bible says that, we're, the, that you are a member of the body. You are a member of the body of Christ. You belong to him. Jesus is the head of the body. I am part of the body. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. The spirit of God lives in me. And if I'm the only one who believes that, the Bible says this. You shall be witnesses unto me. So let's just say uh, witnesses in, unto the world, right? So I'm to be a witness in my world. Let's just, let's just be a good Christian in Deltona, Florida. I'm to be a witness in my little world. Amen? In my world. Only. But it's going to spread. It has to spread. It has to spread. I shared the gospel with, with a brother, and he's, he's, he's been around the world, a little old nobody like me, because we're members of the body. You are. He made you a member in particular, specifically. See, Pastor Lou over there, he's an evangelist, right? Now, if you look at Pastor Lou... And we ask Pastor Lou to stand up, and I stand beside him. Pastor Lou is tiny, huh? Oh, excuse me. I'm tiny compared to him. So Pastor Lou does outreaches. And Pastor Lou, we were talking the other day. <laughs> and Pastor Lou does great big outreaches, man. And I didn't start out that way. I started out like this. I led someone to the Lord in the church I was going to in New York. So I come up to him one day, <laughs> and I said, hey, man, let's go evangelize. And he says to me, let me go ask the pastor. <laughs> anyway, I was like, go ask the pastor? I don't have to ask the pastor to do what Jesus told me to do. I said, well, you go ask him, I'm gone. And I went out, and I started to, you know, do what I did. I just shared the gospel wherever I went. So, the Lord meets me where I am. The Lord meets Pastor Lou where he is. 
Pastor Lou calls me a muji muji. He said, he wanted to do a little muji muji outreach. The point is that everybody in the body, everybody in the body is commissioned to go. Everybody. So we cannot use that as an excuse. I'm not an evangelist. Oh, no, no, no. Jesus, the hope of glory. Jesus, the hope of glory. In Colossians, he's talking about the mystery that was hidden, that is now revealed. What's that history? Jesus Christ, the hope of glory in you. In you. In you. Now, there, there might be there, there are different ways, right? There are different ways that will touch others. But just determine to touch somebody. I was at my church, that church I'm talking to you about, this guy, he used to come to church. He was misery on two feet, man. He was just miserable. And he'd sit in the back. <laughs> we make sure he'd sit in the back. <laughs> anyway, he said this one day. There is no love in this church. Ooh, I was an usher. I got on a mission that day. I said, I'm going to make sure that I touch everybody who comes through that door so that the love of God that is in me, hey, so we got to, that's what the Bible says. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we're different witnesses. You know, not everybody likes me. It's okay. I need to become, I need to, I need to assure myself of who I am in Christ because not everybody is. As a matter of fact, sometimes because I share the gospel, you're not going to like me. The Bible says the gospel is an offense. You know, when you tell someone, you know, you, you got to live for Christ, you got to live right, that's not, and I, I don't preach that way, but it doesn't matter. You share the good news, and for people who, who are seeking truth, they're drawn to the truth. For those who aren't, they're going to kick you to the curb. But Jesus said that, right? Those who receive me will receive you. Those who reject me, they'll reject you. So we need to become, uh, we need to settle that in our own hearts and in our own lives because we're going to, we're, we're to do what he's called us to do. And remember when God created Adam and Eve? And they missed it. They missed it, right? God came and met Adam where he was. The holy God, the omnipotent one. He screwed up, and sin and death came into the whole world. And God went down there where Adam was, and he bandaged them up, cleaned them up, made them a set of clothes. Huh? So the same God that gives you and I the commandment and the order to go and be witnesses is the same God that says to you and I, he says, where are you? I'm not where Pastor Lou is. God didn't call me to be Pastor Lou. I'm not where Pastor Charlie is. And I need to set myself in that. I'm not, but I still have to. I, I've determined I'm going to preach the gospel. I was like Elijah. <laughs> you know, Elijah, he preached a great sermon. And he said, send fire from heaven, Lord. Oh, where that God? Wow! Huh? 
I like to get radical. Do you? Me, me and those conservative guys, we, we just, we don't get along too much. They say I'm emotional. Who <laughs> Jesus is alive. So he called fire from heaven. And the, the, the spirit of God moved. Fire came. And then, and then, he ran and he hid. <laughs> Remember that? He ran and he hid. I did that. <gasps> yeah, I did that. I was an undercover Christian. That's how I met Gary. He didn't know that. I was an undercover Christian. So what I did, I would go to the racquetball court. But now, even though I was an undercover Christian, I, I was still compelled to reach out. So I started to have dinners to reach the racquetball players. Undercover now, trying to hide. <laughs> Didn't work too well. It's okay, it was good for the glory of God. I'm talking about where I was, and God met me there, and God still used me for his glory because one of those brothers is seeking God. So I was able to have an impact. I've been sharing with a cousin of mine, and he just got flat turned on. It, it, I was talking to him for about a year over the phone we share, and I just I was doing it on purpose. He didn't know that. I told him later on. He said, I'm doing this on purpose. You don't know. To the point where he thought Lord is using him not in a year's time. Words of prophecy. He's going to churches. I'm like, Lord, I don't even know. Especially, especially to a Pentecostal church. <laughs> so, as an undercover Christian, where I was, God met me. Because my heart was still, my heart was still to please God. What had happened, I, you know, I went through a divorce. And, and in my own person, because I loved God, I, I, I failed him. You understand that? You understand that when you want to please God. And because he's the answer, and he's life, and my, my, my mind was, how on earth can this happen, Lord? Because not everybody wants to receive this gospel. Not everybody wants to walk in the light of the gospel, right? But we're all commissioned to go and preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be a witness. You're a witness. You're a witness where you are. You're a witness where you live. What we want to do is be a witness on purpose in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. There's a song. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a singer. It goes, he used to walk this earth with sandals on his feet. Many people would gather around just to hear him speak. With his hands, he'd heal the sick. And open the eyes that could not see. Yes, just to think. Just to think that life that lives in him is now a part of me. Now he's walking in my shoes and he's singing with my voice. He's reaching out with my hands, helping someone make the right choice. That's for every one of us. If Jesus is your Lord, right? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then he promised that he comes 
to dwell in us. Know ye not that your body is, your body is, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? We're all called to be witnesses. I'm going to close with that, Pastor. So, wherever you're at, you can say, here I am, Lord, right? As a body, as a body, when, we, when we're united, when we're united to evangelize, we can expect what Pastor was sharing about the miracles and the signs and wonders. We, we do, we've done outreaches, and I asked my team, I want to know what's going on, because they would, we, we would give out food and candy, or we'd do a puppet show, and things were happening in the midst, aside from us sharing the word. And they wouldn't tell us, and it's like, so what we saw was the body participating and God moving supernaturally, doing miracles in the midst of us. So the body is called, the body as a whole, to be a witness. And as a whole, when we unite to evangelize, we see God move. Amen? Let me read something real quick. You guys heard of Rick Renner? I'm just going to share something from this verse he shared. The Great Commission, Matthew 20, 18 through 20. The Lord made an astonishing promise to any person or church that will go and keep on going with the gospel to reach those nearby and those who are abroad. Jesus said, Ah, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Those who take this promise to heart and obey it will be ignited and will remain ignited with the blazing power of the Holy Spirit. The word lo in this verse is actually an ex an ex Clamatory promise that Jesus makes to anyone who will go with the gospel to the lost. In the Greek, the word lo would better be translated and wow, will I ever be with you, even to the ends of the earth. So the Great Commission is for all of us. It's not for some of us. It's for everyone who's called upon the name of the Lord. He's called us to be a witness. A witness, we simply testify of what he's done. Amen. We testify of what he's done. And even though all say, I'm not called to be an evangelist, you are called to reach the people in your neighborhood. You can invite some. Look at what I did. I started to have a Thanksgiving dinner for the racquetball crew. I've done it for six years straight. And what I, I would do is if I had an opportunity, I'd bring someone like Pastor Lou, have him pray over the meal. Because I believe that when we sow the seed of God's word, that seed never returns void. It's going to do something. When I started to evangelize, I, used to, I, I was getting upset because I wanted, to, I wanted to populate the church. I wanted to populate the church. I wanted to populate my local church. And I was getting upset and I was getting bothered because I wasn't seeing fruit. And I spoke to the Lord about that. He says, there are results. He says, you just don't like the results. You're having results. Some are going to say yes and some are going to say no. So people were responding. There was one person, too, that came to the Lord. One was an older guy. And he always sang a song. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me that I am his own. 
Amen. The Bible says make a joyful noise. I qualify. So that brother came to the church all the time, and he was in his own world with the Lord. And a little while ago, I was thinking, I said, man, his relationship was the Lord because he walked like he didn't have a care. So I led two people to the Lord in that place that I know of. I shared the word a lot of places, and the word is incorruptible. Incorruptible seed. So, so the word. Plant the incorruptible seed of God's word. Amen? And we will see results because God assures us. Now, with the, you're going to like those results. It's a different story. <laughs> so, so let me pray. Glory to God. So I would, I, I would, I would say this right now, right? Recognize where you are, because where you are, and from that place, the Lord will definitely use you. Amen? And the Great Commission is for every one of us. We'd like to, well, we were planning to do an outreach, and of course, for those who can assist, amen, to see God move, then glory to God, when we get the green light, we're going to let you know, so you can come and touch someone. Amen? Touch them so that they can see Jesus. Open your mouth. Share. There was a church. There was a lady in our church. All she did was smile, man. She'd be a de- But she, she was glowing like a neon light bulb, man. She'd come in and you'd just see her. She's lit up. That was her. That was her ministry. And it was effective. You know, when you determine and purpose, I determined and purpose to touch everyone that came through that door. There was a guy who came through the door once. He had not been in the church. He shared a testimony later on. He said, this little guy came to me with his big old hands and shook my hand. He later became, he, he was in the praise group, worshiping, ministering to the Lord. He wrote a song. Blew me away, huh? Just a handshake. A handshake when you know that the hope of glory, Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, lives and he dwells within you. And we live on purpose. Amen? We live on purpose. He called you. Sacrifice and offering, he did not require a want, but a body. God wanted a body. Jesus Christ needed a body to come and present life to you and I. And God is still calling you so that you can give him your body. Amen? Jesus offered his Now we offer ours so that he can move through us in the name of Jesus and so that God will be glorified. Amen. The world needs to see the Christ in you and I. Whether going out to proclaim and declare or whether praying the glory of God down in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Pastor. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.